This is Unaided, the brand building podcast brought to you by Leakside, a team snap company. Get ready to learn about brand marketing strategy from the experts. Here's your host, Evan Brandoff. Hello and welcome to Unaided, the brand building podcast. I'm your host, Evan Brandoff. Today, we welcome Tressie Lieberman onto the show. Tressie is the Vice President of Digital Marketing and Off-Premise Marketing for Chipotle and is responsible for driving customer engagement and the growth of digital orders, ordering occasions. Let's get into it. Tressie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. We're so excited to have you today. I'm particularly excited to have a fellow Longhorn join us awesome. on the podcast. Yeah. Welcome. Have you been back to Austin recently? I have. I actually lived there for two years and I got involved in the Macomb School of Business and have been doing guest lecturing. I actually got a chance last year to go out and attend a game and meet with students in person. And I love it. Austin makes me happy. Austin makes me happy too. It's different now though. It's definitely evolved. Totally different vibe. I mean, I think living there for two years, I thought it would be like college and it's not. It's totally evolved. It's a very mature or metropolitan city now, but it still has the Austin vibe. That's cool. It's kind of controversial though, because you joined a company that the color red is kind of similar to a Sooners <laughs> red or an A&M red. So not only that, but I actually have two Sooners on my team. So Texas OU around here is actually pretty fun. Oh, wow. I know. A, a good little rivalry. Talented. They were so talented that I, I hired them despite my angst against the Sooners. I love it. Well, I am curious, a little plug for UT. If I understand correctly, you graduated Macomb with a degree in marketing. Is that right? Communication school. So I was an advertising major and started my career in advertising, worked at two different agencies, and then really felt that interest to deeply understand the business to help inform decisions and was fortunate to move to the client side. And that's, I got my start at Pizza Hut. Got it. How did you know in, I guess, high school even that you wanted to go in, into advertising? At a young age, I was really fascinated by the creative side of advertising. You know, I would always be writing jingles and kind of becoming obsessed with different commercials. And so when I went to college, I wanted to be a writer and wanted to get into the creative program at UT. And probably the best thing that ever happened to me was I did not get into the creative program. I then chose to take more of the business side and studied account management and media, where I would still be close to the creative, but just in a different role. And I'm happy for that because it led me to where I am today. My wife, one of her least favorite things about me is I create a jingle for almost every single company. <laughs> I, love I think that. I've got a, a Chipotle jingle that I've got to run past you at, at some point. But, uh, I six years old and I was just saying, oh, here's the slogan I'm going to use if he runs for student council. And my husband said, do you know how messed up that is that you're already thinking about his messaging and positioning? If he runs for student council, he's six. I'm like, I know it's just so much fun. I love to think about how you put yourself out in the world, whether it's your personal brand or an actual brand, but it's just something that interests me. And I think a big part of it is I'm just really curious about people and culture and how you tap into those unique insights still and motivate someone. So I genuinely enjoy it. Yeah. And you've had so much success and an incredible career thus far, specifically in food, restaurants, uh, more specifically. Would you consider Snap or rest? I guess it's kind of the, the CPG category. Well, yeah, Snap uh, and it had retail as well as direct consumer and digital and wholesale. So it was a very broad category of 
food, but yeah, certainly I've, I've spent my career in the business of helping people fuel their bodies with delicious food. And what is it about the fueling of the body that spoke to you originally? I just think food is such a passion point. When you look at culture, it's driven by fashion and sports and music and food. And it's a part of your daily life. And to see how it changes people's lives, whether it's adding convenience or giving people healthy ingredients and food they can feel good about eating, it's just a part of how you go about your day. And you get to see people experience it and talk about it. I mean, I love talking to someone and saying, you know, I work for Chipotle. The reaction is always, oh my gosh, I love Chipotle. And they tell me their really specific order and the stories of, you know, how it's been a part of their lives and what it meant to them in college or as a new parent. I mean, it's just so much storytelling and passion in the field. And so it's also a very competitive field. Like all the restaurants are trying to come up with a great new idea and very innovative. And it creates this underdog challenger mindset where you're constantly trying to raise the bar and do the unexpected. And going off of that, what has been so incredible about Chipotle, I mean, now I feel like it's hard to go on TikTok without seeing something related in a fun way to Chipotle. I know you're active in Roblox. The evolution of Chipotle of the last few years has been amazing. Thank you. Last week, I was actually listening to the How I Built This episode uh, with Steve Ells. A great episode. And he's such an innovator. And I believe he was stepped down as CEO in 2018 and was no longer the chairman of the board as of 2020, which is aligns nicely with your tenure at, at Chipotle. I'm curious, what have you seen? How has Chipotle continued to innovate? What's it like when the founder of a company ultimately steps down and, and leaves? And how have you continued to have so much success since then? Yeah, I mean, I think Chipotle has really been on the road to digital transformation. And I'm mm-hmm. grateful to be a part of that. When I joined, we had an incredible app, great website, the ease of ordering existed. We had these digital make lines in our restaurants where if you place a digital order, it's actually made in a separate area of the restaurant. And so it, it, mm-hmm. you can get your order quickly. You get a you know custom made for you in that digital experience. We just hadn't really talked about it. We hadn't built mass awareness of those channels. And I think Steve as well, he felt there was a future in this transformation of the brand of not just being a restaurant company, so in restaurant company. So being able to come in and show people that there is an easy way to get real food, a great part of the journey, whether it's launching delivery, expanding to different marketplace platforms, launching our rewards program to engage our community and create this more personalized relationship with all of our ongoing emails and push and SMS. It's been becoming relevant with Gen Z. You know, I think we were doing a lot of great marketing for millennials, but hadn't really tapped into that unique Gen Z mindset. So being the first restaurant brand on TikTok and be real and trying new things like going onto Roblox where we've had 20 million gameplays and people spending 14 minutes of time with the brand, like all these things work together to position us differently, to be a very relevant, accessible brand. I mean, that's just a small piece of all the things that Chipotle has done over the last four to five years, but it's been a cool journey. And we've been able to see the results from that, especially as you know, we navigated through the pandemic and there was a massive shift in customer behavior. We were ready for that shift and had you know all systems in place to be able to be there for our customers and help remove some of the friction in that process. So it's been a wild journey. And with Steve transitioning off to answer your question, 
nothing changed in terms of the spirit of what he brought to Chipotle, which was all about real ingredients and a better way of doing things, whether it was you know, how you treat your employees or, or sourcing sustainability. I mean, that's such a core part of who we are as a brand. So in everything we do, you're always making sure that we go back to our original principles and values and bring those to life in just new ways that are connecting to customers. Right. Yeah, it's so interesting. And you brought up Gen Z. And I saw that, I think it was just last week, the Kefilla and the fajita quesadilla pack just hit the menu. Quesadilla, uh, having it for lunch. So what is the quesadilla? Dia, excuse me. So uh, <laughs> it's actually been a really fun project. Over the last few months, we have been working on bringing TikTok-led menu idea to life. So in December, there was this awesome creator named Alexis Frost, who always asked her community what she should order at a restaurant. And one of our employees gave her a recommendation for getting a quesadilla with fajita veggies included. And then Keith Lee, who's another huge TikTok creator, saw that and he went and tried it. He talked about it and he rated the product a 10 of 10. The only catch was that you actually can't get this menu item at Chipotle in the restaurant, which is where they were getting it. So they were kind of going getting an off menu item that wasn't available nationwide because quesadillas are a digital exclusive. And so we worked really quickly to get quesadillas in our app, have fajita veggies, which is what they were doing in their hack, and be able to get honey vinaigrette on the side, which we didn't currently offer with the quesadilla in the app. And we launched that actually today. So you can order his quesadilla, which is Keith Lee's original order. You can get Alexis Frost original quesadilla hack. And now all of our quesadillas offer fajita veggies included and the side of honey vinaigrette, which is a big part of the hack. So it's just a something we really believe in, which is one, you know, listening to our customers and having the capability to move really fast, to respond to culture and be able to give people what they want. And that's just part of how we operate. Chipotle is a very innovative brand that is customer obsessed and it's fun to be a part of those types of projects because, you know, they take the whole organization I think on TikTok, you could say, oh, well, that's just so easy. Just put fajita veggies in the quesadilla. Why is that hard? Right. But you've got to work with the product team to make sure that you can order this and think through that whole design flow. We're working with operations to do all the proper training on the product to make sure that we can have enough supply of the honey vinegar wrap, which we didn't offer before. And then you've got enough supply of fajita veggies. You're working with, you know, the whole organization really coming together on a project like that. But I think we have that superpower where we can move fast and make things happen. Right. And you sort of answered this already, but my follow-up question to it was, it seems so obvious. Your loyal customers are talking on social media about something that they want, something that they love. And you have all been so successful at capitalizing that and creating new menu items that are for the people, for your consumers. That said, it doesn't seem like every restaurant group Every quick service restaurant group does embrace what's happening on social media. And I'm just curious, like behind the scenes, what is the SWOT analysis? What would be the reason to not embrace what people are saying on social media and innovate based on what you're hearing? Well, there's a lot of conversation happening in social media, right? I mean, there's a different TikTok menu hack about Chipotle every single day. And mm -hmm. I'm not even exaggerating when I say that. People are so creative. There's so much innovation happening in the community of TikTok in particular that is changing the way that businesses can operate because you are getting a lot of feedback, always on feedback. So I think for us, it's been really important one to always be listening. And you know, I, I think that's important for every brand. You 
have to have you know so many different sources of information. You obviously can listen in traditional focus groups or getting your survey feedback in the restaurant, but you also have to have your ear to the ground with these comments that are happening across social media. And then you have to know what's so important to your brand and what your values are, what your unique traits are. And with that, what's going to be right for not only the customer, but for our team members, you know, because our experience for a customer is going to match how it feels for a team member. And so, you know, a lot of hacks are really difficult for us to execute. However, with this one, by putting in the quesadilla hack in the app, we actually made it easier for our team members, right? And we could provide the proper training and move this to digital where it's easier to improve the throughput. We call it like the, the orders being able to move through the line. So it was a win-win for the customer, a win-win for the, the team member. And so we're always evaluating ideas, but a lot of innovation comes from saying no too. But we lean towards getting to a yes when we believe that it's going to be a win across the organization. Right. And what you all have done with the rewards program has been phenomenal. I believe in the last three years that you've grown the rewards program to 25 million consumers. Is that right? We've had, so we're about to have our four-year launch anniversary and we have over 32 million members. Wow. Uh, It's just wild. And you know, what's so exciting about it is being able to communicate with our community, being able to help people feel known and valued from the brand. You're not necessarily just relying on paid media. While, while that's really important, we also have this ability to drop into your inbox or your phone with some valuable, entertaining, helpful content that is going to make you feel like we get you. And so we've got our national messages that we put out, but we also have these journeys that speak to you based off where you're at and your relationship with Chipotle. So maybe you're new and you're put in the welcome journey, or you are someone with the potential to get to an extra purchase. And we send you a special message to help you get to that purchase. I mean, we can really reach you based off your behavior and then help you feel valued through the rewards program where you can get, you know, trade in your points for a variety of items on our menu. You can donate your points to charity or use them for Chipotle goods, which is our merch line. You can get rewarded through a gamified experience with our badging. We just launched the TikTok quesadilla hack badge. You know, so it's it's just a fun way to help your community feel seen and heard. And it's just a big lever for us. Didn't exist four years ago. So you think about the power of building something that's going to provide value to your audience and community. It's just very powerful. Yeah. And what I find so interesting about it, I mean, I assume that once someone becomes a member of that program, retention rates are higher, customer lifetime value is higher. And guess what? when you're thinking about KPIs and different investments and different media channels, are you thinking about your success metrics as acquiring people to the rewards program? And then there's a whole nother set of rewards program KPIs, or are you still thinking a lot about just driving traffic into the store and average ticket? value, et cetera. I mean, every campaign, every touch point really can have a different KPI, right? So it's totally channel dependent. Right. With rewards, it's really important to drive enrollment because you always want mm-hmm. to get new people into the program. But once you're in, there's a whole different set of KPIs around engagement and understanding to your point, is it the lifetime value, your frequency, your incremental purchases? how your behavior compares to a non-rewards member. Ultimately, driving sales is something that we're clearly looking at. Other things we might be doing with the sole purpose to drive culture. You know, if we're putting out 
a great piece of TikTok content. It's not about driving sales. It's just wanting to be that relevant, cool brand to people who see us on TikTok and hoping that we create content that is so entertaining that it gets on the For You page and it reaches a much broader audience for us. But it's going to be that brand that's your friend, that's a cool brand. So one KBI does not fit all for sure. And I think there's a place for brand, a place for sales. At the end of the day, I hope everything we do drives sales because I hope it creates that connection where people want to keep coming to Chipotle. And when they come to Chipotle and the more money they spend, the more good we do for the world because we are buying the right ingredients from the right farmers and doing the right things for the planet and our people. So really, at the end of the day, I think we can make a bigger impact when we drive those big sales. And we're always looking to do that. When you're thinking about your target audience, your addressable target audience, I mean, I'm a millennial. I love Chipotle. will always be a mainstay in my diet. So I think that you all have such loyalty for millennials. And now there's a big focus, what seems, in building that equivalent loyalty from Gen Z. I mean, probably an obvious answer, but, but like, why is acquiring the Gen Z audience so important? How much of your target addressable audience do you see Gen Z making up? Well, as a brand, we definitely over-index on millennials and Gen Z, but right. I think you always need to be bringing along that next generation. We're a brand that wants to stay young, and we know that we have this incredible passion of following around high school students and college students. And you don't want to lose that by aging up to the next audience. Like we were talking earlier, you're a parent now, you're in a very different life stage. If I'm only still speaking to you, and I'm not bringing along the next generation, then you can't get to the mass sales that you want. So I think it's important that you are always thinking about different groups and understanding what's going to help motivate them. And you know, being a part of culture, you always want to be talking and engaging with that next generation too, because a lot of times they're setting the tone for what's happening. But I will say there's a generational divide in a lot of ways and things that interest Gen Z might not interest millennials. So it's not one size fits all that we can just do one broad campaign and it's going to speak to everyone. What we do try to do is tap into those unique Chipotle insights, the things that we find are broad in a lot of ways against our audience, things that they love, whether it's you know how they eat a bowl from left to right versus mixing it all together or the love people have for the Chipotle fork or napkin hoarding. Like There's so many unique insights that are for all Chipotle fans that we try to tap into. And that can be where, where things really take off regardless of where you fit in some type of segmentation. Do you mix it in? Do you go left to right? What's your strategy? <laughs> I don't mix it in and I don't go left to right. I think I have my own way of eating Chipotle because I've just got to like get every bite perfect based off the ingredients and trying to get the flavor profile that I want. So I'm very meticulous about how I eat my Chipotle. But the quesadilla I'm getting for lunch today I'm going to eat like Keith Lee, which is he does three scoops of sour cream and mixes in the honey vinaigrette for Mm. the perfect sauce. I'm going to dip the steak fajita quesadilla in that sauce and enjoy every bite. So it it depends on what I'm eating. I eat Chipotle a lot. Well, this is the question that everyone wants to know. At the Chipotle corporate office, is there a Chipotle? Where do you have to go in order to actually get Chipotle? We have a few different offices. We call them the RSCs. They're the restaurant support centers. And we're really here in service to all of our team members. Uh, We have, I'm very fortunate to be about 10 minutes away right now from our Cultivate Center. 
which is the place where our test kitchen is. Mm -hmm. You can walk into this exact replica of a Chipotle. It's got the digital make line. It's got the menu panels, the the whole thing. And our chefs are working there, um, you know, always perfecting the core of Chipotle and experimenting with new menu items. So I do a lot of that, but I also lead delivery. So I get Chipotle delivered to the office all the time. And then Mondays, we have Chipotle Monday. So we bring in Chipotle catering for the whole office at all of our different support centers. And it's just fun. You get everybody who works here together and get to build your own bowl. I think that it's something we played into in social as well. Like catering is so cool because you are working behind the line and you can make your bowl exactly the way you want it. So it's fun to do and no one ever gets tired of Chipotle catering. I can tell you that. Oh man. Can you share, is there anything you could share of what's going on in the test kitchen? Any insights, sneak peeks of what we could expect in the future? Oh, you know, I can't. I am under strict NDA. No, but I mean, look, I will say a few weeks ago, we had the TikTok creators out there shooting their content and getting to try the a lot of different new items as well. So it's a really fun place to kind of let some of our influencers and creators behind the fold to see what we're working on. And we'll bring in people from the field to be able to experience the menu, our agency partners. We use it for a lot of hands-on tastings with people just to get that reaction. And there's no way you can go to the Cultivate Center and not be happy. Right. (laughs) Well, speaking of a test kitchen, I think it was probably eight years ago at this point. I was in DC at the train station and there was a concept restaurant that it was part of the Chipotle family. I want to say it was like an Asian fusion sort of Chop House. Chop House. Does Chop House still exist? What happened at Chop? Are there still innovations outside of Chipotle's core food that are being thought of as potential iterations and growth paths in the future? Yeah. Well, I can't speak to what we've done in the past because I wasn't here. We Fair. are right now working on a concept called Farmesa and mm. is you know using the same standards, Chipotle and, and all of our fresh ingredients, but a different cuisine. And it's going to be kind of delivery only to start. But I can't speak too much to it. I'd have to bring the Farmesa team, but I am really excited personally to be able to try it it's in Santa Monica. Yeah. But one thing that you personally have always been incredible at is having a good pulse on consumer behavior and what is going to be happening in the future as evidenced by your engagement in TikTok and also Roblox as well. Can you tell us a little bit more? I mean, sometimes I join my nephew and he's playing Roblox, but what does Chipotle's engagement on on Roblox look like? And what is the desired outcome of being involved with Roblox? Sure. Yeah, I mean, our team has this mindset we call culture hunting. And it is this Mm -hmm. expectation that we are constantly going to be curious, understanding what's going on in the world and technology with our consumers. We love to do the unexpected and try new things. It is so, it's in our DNA and it makes us a really fun place to work. But the team, you know, early on was looking at Roblox and exploring Web3 and all the, the possibilities there and really experimenting and and trying to understand where we could play in that space that would be relevant to our community, where we'd be wanted. I mean, we don't want to be the brand that's just showing up everywhere and forcing ourselves in, you know, in a bad ad, I would call it. So we're really thoughtful about how we show up. And with Roblox in particular, we saw people talking about Chipotle in kind of new ways that we hadn't seen before. They were 
creating their, uh, you know, using Chipotle and their avatar, creating their own Chipotle experiences. And we thought, hey, this could be a place where it would really make sense. And the platform has a, a lot of scale as well. And at the time, I think had 50 million daily active users. So for us, we studied mm-hmm. it deeply, but waited for the right idea to jump in. That was really important. Waited for the right insights, the right strategy to be able to show up. And so we always want to experiment, but we don't do it in the right way. And we, we found this opportunity with Burrito. So Burrito is a longstanding promotion at Chipotle where you previously would go into the restaurant, dress in costume, and you would get a discount of Burrito. <laughs> but it's coming out of COVID and really didn't want to just do another digital promotion, but we weren't ready to send tons of people you know, at one moment into the restaurant. We're like, hey, this could be a really cool activation on Roblox because you could experience burrito that you traditionally done in person in this immersive experiential way. Mm. And so we built the whole promotion on Roblox. You could pick your costume, which costumes were so cool based on a lot of <laughs> things that had popped off in social. You go into the restaurant, get your code for free Chipotle and talk about the upcoming promotion as well, where you could get discount on Chipotle digitally. And then you would leave the restaurant as you would in real life. But because it's virtual, you could walk into this whole corn maze, kind of battle against fake ingredients and get to the center of this maze and unlock exclusive merchandise. And the response to it was wild. I mean, billions of PR impressions, over 10 minutes spent on the experience. I mean, people were just so excited for it. And so that gave us a signal to build out our next world, who has been a more permanent world, the burrito builder. This is based off an insight that people love to work in the metaverse. So you come in and you are a team member. So you dress as a team member and then the customers come in and you make as many burritos as quickly as you can based off what the customer is telling you they want in their order. And then you earn burrito bucks and you can trade those in for merch. You can travel around this world and do deliveries. I mean, it's just really fun. It's a delightful way to experience a brand that you can't do anywhere else. And the things that we're building there, they're tapping into insights, but they're also ideas that another brand can't do because they're so unique to Chipotle. So it's been so fun just to see that level of engagement and the results and something we're going to continue to lean into. I love that. And what I'm hearing, you know, with all your different initiatives that you have going on right now, thinking about me personally, I'm not playing Roblox, but I'm sure as heck belong to different reward programs. So, I mean, my assumption is that your KPIs for me, 31-year-old male are different than my nephew, eight-year-old male, but both are important. When you all are thinking about your marketing matrix and what success looks like, are there different KPIs based on age and demographics? Or is it solely by channel that you're thinking about different KPIs? Yeah. Ultimately, it's about deepening the connection with the brand. And in turn, the hope is that we drive conversion, that we drive a sale. And then we think about our audience and what's going to make you most likely to do those things. And that's where the channels come in, right? Like I might be more likely to convert you through a really smart targeted email and convert someone else through a deep experience on Roblox or a really great piece of TikTok content. So it really depends. And a lot of times it's a combination of all a lot of different ideas, right? Like first you might see our ad when you're watching live sporting event and you're like, oh, that looks really good. And I love that Chipotle has real ingredients. And then you get the email the next day and that's what pushes you to make that purchase. So it's a lot of things working together. And when we started the journey of kind of this digital transformation and the brand transformation, we have talked about being more visible, more relevant, and more loved. 
And so everything we've done is really laddered to that in terms of driving that mass reach based off the target and creating menu innovation or digital access or culture driving ideas that are going to make you feel more connected. Yeah. So since you're good at predicting the future, thinking about virtual reality in particular, what do you think is the future of VR and in particular how how brands can engage with consumers in the virtual reality? I'm not going to predict the future. What I will say is it's really (laughs) important to be learning and experimenting. You know, I have built my career on placing bets, but it's not one bet. I think that it's trying a lot of different things and seeing what connects with your consumer and what's right for your brand, what your audience is really going to care about. So anything that's emerging, I always lean into just trying to understand it deeply and test and learn from it. And then you get signals that help inform where you go from there. And right now we are, you know, in this world where there's a lot happening, whether it's VR or AI or AR or Web3. I mean, the opportunities are endless. So you do have Mm -hmm. to be selective about the bets you're going to place and thinking about the ones that are going to make the biggest impact for you. So, you know, for us, we actually haven't done anything quite yet in that world with VR, but it's always something that we're deeply understanding and learning about. And I, that's my advice for any brand is just to understand where you think you can make that impact and lean in and go for it. I mean, when I think about whether it's TikTok or Roblox, we could have sat on the sidelines on all of those and let everybody else lead the way and then jump in when we had the perfect idea. But by getting in early, we learned. And I think learning is a huge advantage because then you can build from there. Yeah. You brought up AI. Have you asked ChatGPT to create a Chipotle commercial yet? I have asked ChatGPT so many things about Chipotle, <laughs> and it's really fun. It's funny. Yesterday, I was with my team. My dad sent me a text. He said, have you heard of ChatGPT? I thought, oh, wow, it's really taken off. My dad. <laughs> but it's just a new way of understanding your brand and, and what's out there around your brand. So yeah, I think it's great. I'm excited about AI. Mm-hmm. And you brought up, you've made a lot of bets, which implies, I bet you've had more wins than losses, but can you think of or share with us a a notable that you made that that didn't pan out? That's a great question. I mean, because we, so much of what we do doesn't go to our TikTok (laughs) page and I'll be right in your face about the things that have millions of views, the things that have thousands of views. You have to be brave to constantly be putting yourself out there and seeing what resonates and also learn from it. As I mentioned earlier, we do a post-mortem on everything. We launch any campaign and we're trying to understand what worked and what didn't work. And some are home runs and some aren't, but you can't let that hold you back to continuing to experiment. So yeah, I mean, no specific example, but it's just kind of part of how we operate. And I think how you have to operate in general living in the world today. Yeah, totally agree with that. And then the flip side, What's the bet that you've made that has been a big success that you're most proud of, either at Chipotle or Taco Bell or, or Snap Kitchen, you know, anywhere in your career? I mean, so many we've talked about today. I'll name a few. One is the rewards program. I think mm-hmm. the ability to have this connection with 32 million people to be able to understand their experience with Chipotle and continue to give them the right message, right place, right time is extremely powerful. And that's, it's a business changer. So you think about any business, you want to leave a legacy, you want to make an impact. I think certainly we're doing that with rewards. The others are are just experimenting with new platforms and kind of 
being bold to go on to Roblox, to be an early leader on TikTok. I think those things pay out in spades because you are reaching a new generation and staying relevant. And right now, you know, you used to just launch a big campaign at any brand. It's like once a year, you know, here's your big Super Bowl ad, or you're working towards these moments. And right now we live in a world of millions of moments and the attention span is really short. So you've got to show up every day to think about how you're going to connect with people. And a lot of these channels like Roblox and TikTok enable us to do that in a really entertaining, deeply engaging way. And I think it's important. Yeah. Well, Tressie, thank you not only for providing us all with delicious food at Chipotle, but also just being a driving force that continues to innovate and shows us how to engage with consumers on different platforms. And it is possible to build a boards audience of tens of millions of people while also engaging with consumers on Roblox and TikTok and creating new menu items. So this was has been a really interesting and insightful conversation. And before we let you go, so we talked about the quesadilla, or as I like to call it, the quesadilla from earlier in the episode. What else is happening at, at Chipotle right now that we should be aware of? Well, I would just ask everybody to join the rewards program. So download the app, join the rewards program. It's going to make your whole Chipotle experience awesome. And follow us on TikTok. Go to the Chipotle Burrito Builder on Roblox. Like, I think it's it's an awesome way to just experience a brand differently and see how consumers are experiencing the brand. But we're always working on something. I mean, this is... I love working here. One, because the brand is amazing and what we do and what we stand for is unique. But the team is just incredible. And I feel really lucky to and fortunate to work with this group of people. So I would say if you're following us on TikTok or if you're in the CRM program or your Roblox experience, you're going to be able to see what's coming next because we have a lot of interesting things up our sleeves. I love it. I can't wait to learn more. Yeah, thank you. It's been fun talking to you. It's been fun. Thank you so much, Tressie. Yeah, have a good day. You too. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Unaided, the brand building podcast with Tressie Lieberman. As a recap, we discussed the Kipadia, Chipotle's incredible rewards program, building the Gen Z audience through TikTok and Roblox, and so much more. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Evan Brandoff. See you next time, everyone. Play on. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show and leave a rating at leagueside.com slash podcast. For more educational and inspiring content, you can follow Leagueside on LinkedIn and Instagram at leagueside underscore. See you next time.